Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Empress podcast. And as you can see, I'm flying solo today. Unfortunately, Rich is not able to make it. He is still up to his eyeballs in boxes and we're really hoping that he'll come back soon. Richard, we miss you and we can't wait for you to come and join us again. Today's episode is what is rent to rent and what are the three main questions that people have when starting rent to rents? We have done an episode on rent to rent, all things rent to rent. I think it was episode seven of season one. So you can go back and have listened to that. It was quite a long episode because we covered basically everything rent to rent. But this episode is meant to be a little bit short and sweet and just cover the basics. That episode, I think, was a couple of years ago. So this one was probably going to be slightly tweaked for the different market. And of course, I'm covering rent to rent because we've had this increase in interest rates recently. And people who are, who are investing in property have seen a decrease in their cash flow. So one of the really nice things that you can do is you can diversify your portfolio. If you've had a hit on your cash flow for your buy select portfolio, you can invest in higher cash flowing strategies and rent to rent is perfect for this. So we're going to talk a little bit about why it's such a good complementary income stream for your buy select portfolio as well. First of all, I'm going to very briefly mention that my Property Empress buy select course is next weekend. So that's the 5th and 6th of November. So if you're interested in starting your buy select portfolio, then head over to propertyempress.com where you can find out more details about how I can help you get started with property investing. But on to rent to rent. So very simply, rent to rent is where you rent a property from someone and you rent it out for more money. It's that simple. You're using an asset to create an income stream, an asset that you don't actually own. There's three main ways that you can actually rent these properties out. You can either rent them out as a buy select property, you can either rent them out as an HMO, or you can rent them out as uh, Airbnb or service accommodation, which is what we do. And there's benefits and disadvantages to all three of these. I'm going to focus on Airbnbs, but I will touch on the other two as well as we go. The biggest advantage with rent to rent is the fact that it's much faster than buying houses. Like simply it's that like that, like that big, <laughs> that just, just, just that simple. <laughs> if you're buying a property, then it takes on average five months to get the keys from when you had the offer accepted. Whereas if you met a landlord today, you could in theory sign a contract with them today and get the keys today and start renting it out pretty much straight away. So there's not a big lag while the legals go through. The other big advantage is the fact that you don't need a mortgage. So you don't need to have good credit and you don't need a sizable deposit to purchase the property. And the biggest disadvantage is the fact that you're not owning the property, so you're not going to be enjoying some of that amazing capital uplift. It's also a much more active strategy. If you're buying a property, renting out to a tenant, it is such a beautiful passive income. You can be on the other side of the world and still making money. Whereas if you've got rent to rent, it is, depending on the way that you're doing rent to rent, it is a more active income. So it does require more of your time and energy, particularly if you're doing Airbnb. Having said that, you can streamline to quite a good extent so that it can still be a very flexible income that's pretty much hands off. It's just compared to the good old fashioned buy to lets, it is much more active. The other big drawback is the fact that the income fluctuates, like compared to buy to let properties where the income is really, really consistent and steady. If you're doing Airbnbs, there's seasonal fluctuations, there's even like weekly fluctuations. So it's just a very different kind of income. But Having said that, if you are wanting to leave a job, particularly if you're really ready to leave your job and do property full time, it is a really nice way. You're going to get a, usually get a much higher cash flow from a rent to rent property than you would a buy to let. You'll get it much quicker. You won't need to put as much capital in. So it will help you to potentially create an income much quicker. But like I said, the drawback is it's a little bit more active and obviously you're not owning the property. 
So if you blend buy to lets and rent to rent, this kind of covers all bases. If you're new to property, you want to get started with property, getting the rent to rents first to get you the income, particularly if it means that you can re- it can release you from your day job. So then focus on the buy to lets. For me, it's, it's just the sweet spot. And I think this strategy works for most people. Obviously, there are some people who just aren't interested or they have money to invest and they're not interested in the rent to rent or for whatever reason, it's not for you. But for the vast majority of people I talk to, having rent to rent properties and buy to let properties is the sweet spot. And just to reiterate again, with interest rates going up and mortgages just becoming more expensive, doing rent to rent, particularly when there's a lot of landlords who are potentially struggling with their cash flow, they've had a big knock. The idea of doing rent to rent with someone like us, it means that it actually saves them on money because they're, we're doing the, the general maintenance the, um, of the property. So if things break, if things need fixing, it saves them money. It also saves them money on letting agent fees. It also saves them money on tenant fine fees. So if you have a landlord who is a bit borderline with their cash flow and it's not really working like it used to, this might be really appealing for them. And it means that you get to obviously create an income from an asset that you don't own. So how does it actually work in practice? Well, most people, ourselves included, like to work direct with the landlords. So we use platforms like OpenRent, Gumtree, Facebook Marketplace to get straight to landlords that are offering the property themselves. And you can can create a really lovely relationship with this landlord. You're effectively a management agent. You're not a tenant. So you don't have a tenancy agreement. You have a management agreement. I think there is another way you can do it where you're leasing the property. But the way that we do it is a management agreement. So it's a little bit, it kind of sounds a little bit like a letting agreement, but you are responsible for basically everything once you take this property on. You're not kind of working on behalf of the landlord is the key difference. Once you have the property, then obviously decide how you're going to do it. For us, it's Airbnbs. So we dress the property. We might do some some minor uplift to the property uh, just to make it more appealing for our, our guests. And then we put it on all the platforms, Airbnb, Booking.com, which is actually much bigger than Airbnb. We get twice as many bookings from Booking.com, like people more aware of Airbnb, but don't not do Booking.com because actually you'll get more business from them. We are also on Verbo, which is a much smaller platform, and we have our own website. We also have private marketing on Facebook uh, groups and things like that. The idea is you want to be pushing up your occupancy rate because if you have a good nightly rate and you have a good occupancy, your income is going to be like, that's the key. That's where your energy needs to be is in getting bums in seats or bums in beds at your Airbnbs and making as many people aware of it as possible. Because your rent is fixed with your landlord, you are trying to get as much income as possible and obviously make sure you keep a track of your expenses. Again, in this day and age, with utility bills going up so much, be very savvy about the, the bills. We're actually looking at getting our properties onto Nest so that we can have some more control over the heating and the, the hot water and things like that, just to make sure the property is not left heated if it's empty. So you basically, they're your main focus is getting the income in, being across all the different platforms, making sure you're not spending too much money on the utilities, making sure the maintenance is good, the property is kept tidy, and then obviously you pay your rent to the landlord. And what you're really looking to achieve is at least £500 a month net income from your Airbnb on average. So the idea is over peak season, you're potentially going to be making two or £3,000 depending on the area in the property net per month. And then off peak, you'll look at you're probably going to be much lower than that. I would certainly think about having more than one property. The idea is that they can support one another and also plan accordingly with your cash flow. If you have this huge summer high, then carry some of that money through to winter just in case you have a bit of an off peak lull. But most of our properties pretty at least cover costs uh, off peak. 
we actually we actively market for medium term tenants. So people who are staying up to three months, so between house moves or in the local area for training um, or something like that. And we're trying to fill the off peak time and it works really well to put boost our income and also just make sure the property is not left empty, not creating an income. And it's quite nice to be hands off for a little while we've, while we've got a medium term guest. And even if it's only for a month, we just know we don't have to worry about the cleaning. We don't have to worry about like guests coming and going. We just give them the keys, check it, you know, occasionally we might hear from them. But it is just nice to kind of then be like, whew, don't have to think about that one for a while. So who's responsible for the general upkeep? So in the contracts, it actually says that anything over £100, any minor or any repairs over £100 is actually the landlord's responsibility. So if the boiler breaks down or I don't know, there's some big cost, the landlord is meant to pay. In reality, we tend to just get everything fixed ourselves because we want we don't want to have to wait for the landlord to find a tradesman and we don't want the back and forth of it. We just want to get someone in, fix the property, get it back on the market and rent it out so that we can get our income up. But obviously, if it was a big, and I'm trying to think if we've ever had this, if, oh, in fact, we have a pipe in this property that I'm in at the moment, we've had a pipe that has broken outside and we've had quite a big quote for it but I don't know what it is off the top of my head but that is something we probably would consider going to the landlord about if something has broken in the house that is potentially because of guest you know from wear and tear then we don't really want to go to the landlord we'd rather pay for ourselves so in the four years that we've been doing this I think we have never I need to check this with Drew but I don't think we've ever gone to a landlord and actually asked them to repair anything because we've always felt that it's been kind of the wear and tear from the guests and it just doesn't feel right to ask the landlord plus the cash flow still works really well even though we're making those costs but you'll have to choose for yourself how discerning you are but when you're speaking to the landlord it's going to be a key conversation to be had because they're going to want to be very specific about what they have to pay for and what they don't have to pay for if you find the landlord because they have been um, advertising the property for a tenant there are certain regulatory things that should have been done the EPC, a gas safety certificate, the electrics should have been checked. Things like that should have been done. So it is worth speaking to the landlord and making sure that they have done that and then are really asking them to maintain that going forward because if they're working with a tenant, they'd have to pay for that anyway. There are certain things obviously they won't have to do, such as the right to rent checks, the tenant deposit scheme and things like that. And on that note, the deposit, we don't pay a deposit. And there's a couple of reasons for that. With the deposit, first of all, you had the tenant deposit schemes for very good reason. It used to be that the tenant would give the landlord their uh, deposit for a buy-select property. And then after, say, a couple of years of living there, they'd move out and the landlord might say, oh, I think you've damaged the, deposit, the, the property, so I'm not going to give you a deposit back. And the tenant would really struggle with that. Very often the tenant would just have to be like, okay, fine, and, and deal with it. But there was no real mediation. They could, I think, take them to small claims to try and get some of it back, but it was really, really difficult. And also a lot of the landlords tended to spend the deposit and then they wouldn't have the money to, to give back to the tenant. So they would make up claims or find reasons to keep it. So it was just a bit of a nightmare. So when they bought the deposit scheme, it was actually, in my opinion, a really good thing because it meant there's a mediator. It meant it just took a lot of that personal stuff away and meant that there was someone that was helping to make sure that both sides ideally were fairly treated to be able to use the tenancy tenant deposit scheme you have to have a tenancy agreement and you don't have with rent to rent a tenancy agreement so therefore it doesn't really apply you could potentially give it a, a landlord a deposit but they can't put it into the deposit protection scheme and then all those other things kind of come to play that there's no mediator it could be a bit tricky 
So it's entirely up to you. Some landlords are really keen to get the deposit because they just feel a bit more protected. But if what we tend to do is we tend to explain to the landlords why we don't have deposits for all of those reasons. And usually they're okay. The other thing to remember, again, because our properties are Airbnb properties, it means that the properties are cleaned after every time, every time a guest stays. So the property will often come back in better condition than they've given it to us. And we usually dress the properties. So again, the deposit just seems to fall away. So we don't tend to have a deposit with the landlords. But like I said, I would if there was a property I really wanted and it was really important to the landlord, I would certainly think about it. So we spend around between five and seven hundred pounds, depending on the property, dressing it. We do a lot of uh, we get a lot of furniture for free or cheap off um, Facebook Marketplace, eBay, things like that. We spend the money on the pictures. We'll get the sofas for free, the cushions for free um, or cheap. But it's the furnishings really that we spend the money on and the bedding as well. Bedding and furnishings are the main thing. Uh, we obviously get most of the kitchen stuff free as well. Uh, free? <laughs> new as well. But a lot of the furniture and things like that we, we have used. But the new stuff is usually the furnishings and the bedding, the towels, obviously. But the idea is that as your, as your property brings you an income, you can replenish with better quality stuff. If you're not happy like this so far, I actually hate it came with the property. Uh, it's very old and we are about to uh, start a new contract to this particular landlord. So one of the things we're going to say is we really want to re replace the sofa. At the beginning, she was quite keen to keep the sofa. And now we're just going to say, you know, it's probably it's probably time <laughs> to replace it. So we're going to replace we're going to replenish anything. We're actually going to be decorating this property as well if we do another contract with the with the landlady. I'm sure there's so many other things that I could talk about. Certainly pop your questions in the comments below and I'll try and answer as many questions as I can. Or if you're listening on Spotify or, or Apple Podcasts or anything, then drop me a line. The, the information is going to be at the end, how you can message me. But I'm trying to just give it an overall idea of how it works. I am going to talk very briefly about the three main questions that people have for me when I talk about rent to rent. The first one being, and I get asked this all the time, do you tell the landlords what you're planning on doing with the property, particularly as we're Airbnb in the properties? And 100% yes, like absolutely, we tell them what we're doing with the property. Not least because they would find out eventually, even if we didn't. When we say we Airbnb property, a lot of people go to the assumption that the property is going to be holiday makers. And the vast majority of our guests are not holiday makers. They're corporate clients. So they are people who have booked because they've got some staff coming across the country for training, for example, or they've got workers like working on the railways nearby uh, or training. So the vast majority are corporate clients anyway. Or they're people who are visiting the area for some reason, not necessarily holiday makers. I mean, I, I suppose you could argue if you're coming to visit family, you could, you're maybe a holiday maker. But it's not really people coming on holiday for a week. It's people. It's like a hotel, like people coming and staying. But we have a lot of corporate clients. We have a lot of, of repeat bookers as well. We have people who maybe have an office in the area and they want to come and stay. We have a lady who has family near one of our Airbnbs. She lives abroad. And so she will come and regularly book the flat so that she can come and stay there. When we explain to the landlords all of that, it's not really a holiday-let business. It is short-term, normally corporate lets. Like we, yeah, kind of short-term corporate lets or people staying to visit someone or something in the local area. It's not really people coming for a week on holiday. You might have somewhere that is notoriously a holiday destination. That'd be different. But certainly for what we, what we have, it's, that's just not the case. So when we talk to our landlords, we're very clear about the fact that what the benefit is to them, how the contracts works, what the benefit is. We talk about the kind of guests that we have staying. 
we do tell them that we market the property on booking.com airbnb we do tell them all of that but the vast majority of our guests are actually corporate guests so it's um more of a corporate business than holiday lets for us the key with when you're talking to landlords about rent to rent is understanding the benefit to the landlord and understanding that where most landlords are coming from most landlords are accidental landlords so they usually they lived in the property they've either moved out because they've moved abroad and they might come back at some point so they want to keep their home or they've maybe moved in with a partner and they want to keep that property in case it doesn't work out with a partner most or maybe they've inherited a property most landlords are like the vast majority of landlords are, are accidental landlords so they're not really in the property business they want the income they want to keep the property but they're not really necessarily interested in all the regulation and the tax and whatnot so rent to rent works really really well for a lot of accidental landlords because it means that some of the regulation falls away it means that they can work with a professional company long term the pay the income is going to be consistent it's going to be steady and it's going to save them time money and energy we do look after the vast majority of the expenses like the, the maintenance costs they don't have to pay a letting agent fee and like I said a lot of the a lot of the regulation falls away so they just it's just much easier simpler longer term and more professional so a lot of landlords are really interested in that some of them just aren't interested because they if they think it's going on Airbnb they're just like it's not my kind of thing that's absolutely fine but there's gonna be plenty of landlords who are interested once they can understand what it is and how it works so in summary, yes, we tell our landlords what we're doing. We talk it through with them and answer their questions, explain how it's worked for us so far, how we got into it. And a lot of them love it. They love the idea of it. So it's an easy sell, I guess. The second most common question is what contract do you use? I have kind of touched on this, but we don't use a tenancy agreement. We use a management agreement. It's much simpler than a tenancy agreement because there's not a lot of the regulation in it. So it's very simply just setting out this is the date that it starts. These are the two parties involved. This is the fee because you're not really paying a rent, you're paying a fee. And it just says that the landlord has to, you know, make the like have buildings insurance, um, make any major repairs to the property. They have to kind of leave us in peace to get on with it. A bit like you would as a landlord with a tenancy agreement. And then as us, as the management agents, it's just saying that we're going to obviously look after the property. We're going to pay the fee on time that you know the property has to be used for the right purpose and all this kind of thing so it's I think only about three or four pages compared to like 10 pages for an AST so it's pretty it's pretty simple it's pretty concise it's quite vague as well so one of the things I like talking to the landlords about is particularly the expenses the cost because that does seem to be something that people worry about like you know if there's this thing that anything over 100 pounds they'll have to pay for we, we tend to go into that probably more than most things but overall, the, the management agreement is super simple, super straightforward, and it's just easy to understand compared to some ACTs, which are quite in-depth. And the third and final question that people tend to ask me is, how do we find landlords that are willing to do this? And I certainly don't feel that we're trying to look for landlords who are willing. We are looking for landlords who we can work with to really help understand the benefit and the amazingness of rent to rent it works so so well for our landlords and once you and I, I get that if this is new to you this might be like well what am I going to say but the idea is you can still explain to landlords the benefit of rent to rent compared to renting to a tenant the way that we get in front of landlords is we like I said we use open rent Facebook marketplace Gumtree the main platforms you can also use letting agents but remember you are 
effectively asking them to give you their business. So the way that I speak to letting agents, letting agents about it is I'm going very much the 80-20 rule. So 80% of their business is going to be amazing, wonderful, easy peasy work. And 20% of their business, like their properties, their landlords and their tenants are not going to be easy peasy, straightforward, but like nice to work with. You're going to have that problem landlord, that problem tenant, that problem property. And we're really looking for those kind of properties because the nice thing about if it, for example, if it's a, the landlords may be a little bit tricky to deal with. The nice thing about this is it's so hands off for the landlord because we do all the repairs and things like that. So it's, it works better than a letting agent, if, particularly if they're, they're a problem landlord. They, when I say problem landlord, that's a bit harsh. But when, if they're a landlord that's just a little bit tricky in their communication, they can often have also, they tend to come hand in hand with also the tricky property. Like it's, it's like those pets and owners that tend to look the same. And it's a bit like that with properties. Like you can kind of match the, te- the landlord to the, to the property. The nice thing about this is it can be really hands-off. And if the, le- if the letting agent is dealing, dealing with this kind of landlord, they might also have this problem property because the property maybe isn't in the best condition or maybe there's something slightly odd about it or quirky about it. So we can kind of come in and say, well, we would like to rent, you know, to, well, have a management agreement with them. The letting agents can still get their fee and we're taking off, taking their, this problem property off them, basically. Again, they might not go for it, but that's certainly the way that I talk to letting agents about it. But I really like working direct with landlords. So I tend to go primarily through open rents, but I have worked with letting agents in the past as well. Oh, Something that is really important, if you're going to use particularly open rents, the, the key is in having the notification set up. So you can absolutely join open rent, look for your, you know, I mean, I'm super lazy. So I'll look within half an hour of where I live and I'll look for anything that's not shared accommodation. And I will basically see what properties there are there. And I will start messaging the landlords and trying to get a viewing. And then if they're asking me questions about myself, I'm very open and honest to talk about what I'm doing. They say, no, that's fine, but, you know, hopefully they'll say yes and I can go and talk in more detail about it. But really what you want is as soon as the property lands on open rent, you want to be messaging the landlord. Like you want to get in as soon as possible. So set up notifications and you can do this on open rent, Facebook Marketplace, Gumtree. Particularly if you're using Facebook Marketplace and Gumtree, make sure you're doing private sales only. You might have to do a filter where you zoom out and have lots of properties, click the individual like posts only and then sh- restricts the location but you need to make sure you have at least one in there for the filter to kick in but basically have a message sent to you as soon as one of these properties land and then you can fire off that email and hopefully get in front of the landlord as soon as you're in front of the landlord and you can go through it with them what we find is if they're kind of open to it you go and explain and if you can really understand rent to rent and explain it in a way that they can really understand it really they're unlikely to say no. Um, and that's my personal experience. Like once they can see the benefit, they're getting all the benefits of the, working with a tenant, but it's going to save them time, money and energy. So unless they're especially, if it's a personal preference to work with tenants, that's you, like, I think it almost, I think that's been, I'm just trying to think, I think that's been the only reason people have said no, that they have a personal preference to work with tenants. Well, I like working with tenants. I want to work with tenants. That I think has been the only reason someone has heard how it works and what it is and then said no it's because they're like well I actually really like working with tenants and I'm like absolutely fine not a problem but like I said most people like the idea of getting the same income 
still owning the property, having going up in value, but saving themselves time, money and energy. And they might, those ones that are like, I like working with tenants, they might get an absolutely nightmare tenant and decide, actually, I'll go back to that person that I spoke to about rent to rent because maybe now's the time. And we do have that. We have people have, who have revisited us having not been, you know, having not been very keen originally. I think that's everything. That's It was meant to be a short and sweet rent, like introduction, what is rent to rent? And I've gone into quite a lot of detail, but I hope that helps. Like, like I said, let me know if you have any questions. Thank you so much for watching and listening. I love the fact that I'm on YouTube now as well. Hopefully Richard will be back with us next week. No pressure, Richard, if you're watching. Obviously you take your time to unpack, but it, I do miss my little buddy, uh, my little sparring partner when it comes to property. If you want to contact me, you can absolutely do so. I've got my website, propertyampress.com. You can also email me at anna at annapierce.com, which is P-E-A-R-C-E. I'll put all the information in the show notes or in the uh, below on the YouTube channel. Richard, you can contact. Um, I feel like I should know this. He's on Instagram. It's probably the best thing. You can also contact me on Instagram. You can send me a private message. I do tend to take a while to come back to messages, but I do reply to everyone. But you can also contact Richard at Pretty Much Property on Instagram and Twitter, I believe. And he's also on TikTok, but I don't think he shares that much on TikTok. I, on the other hand, do. So go and go and check me out on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. And just a reminder, my buy set courses this weekend. So head on over to propertyimpress.com or you can book a discovery call with me if you want to have a chat about it. If you're maybe on the fence, if you want to go through some more information, let me know. But have a beautiful week and I'll be back next week, hopefully with Richard, but possibly flying solo. Have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for being here and happy investing. Bye.